Toronto businesses, of course, are beginning to, this is very early days, but beginning to emerge from the shutdown and uh, trying to participate in, uh, you know, I'll call it a, a long-wanted economic recovery. This is not something that's going to happen overnight, and I think we all have to face that, but we also have to figure out how to make sure we don't go beyond where the lines cross. In other words, safety against uh, the economy, which is the big yardstick. And if we uh, if we negate safety, we wind up in worse trouble because we uh, we cause a recurrence. Anyway, I'm not making these statements um, myself, although I believe in them. A lot of people are making these statements, and they're coming up with plans. And one of the organizations that's been involved, we heard from the Ontario Chamber of Commerce earlier this morning, but the Toronto Region Board of Trade is uh, launching, has launched actually, uh, Reimagining Recovery a support framework that charts a path forward for our economy and the businesses that power it. That's what they call it. Nice title, but uh, there's a reality here, Jan De Silva. You're the president and CEO of the Toronto Region Board of Trade. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the new normal. Uh, Ten weeks ago, 11 weeks ago, I think many of us just thought, well, just wait this out, and as soon as we get through this, we'll go back to normal. We now understand that we're going to need to be able to operate with COVID still being in place. So as you mentioned in the opening, it's about how do we get that right balance. We absolutely need to be concerned about uh, safety and health protocols, but at the same time, we do need to get the economy reopening. So that's what our framework's intended to do, tackle six different tracks uh, along the way to helping our businesses survive and uh, continue to have an impact for our economy and for our jobs. Okay, let me get into the six tracks with you. But first, let me just say uh, what you're what you're saying is something that I think a lot of people didn't believe uh, back in February, March, mm-hmm. certainly in March when things started to shut down. And, and we heard terms like, oh, it'll be a V recovery, which is almost like we're shutting everything <laughs> down, but we have a light switch. And when it's all gone, you know, in a couple of months, we'll turn it on and everything will be like normal. Clearly, that is not possible, and clearly our government is leading us, and I think in the right direction, by saying uh, we're, it's like a volume control. We're going to turn it up a little bit at a time and see uh, how long it takes before we're at normal volume. So your tracks, you, you, these six tracks that you've illuminated, what are they and, and what do they mean and how do we put them into practice? Well, I'd say the the very first work track is where we are right now, and it's it's about recovery stages. We've had a working group since the beginning of March, business continuity leaders. These are leaders who are planning for recovery in their organizations from a range of organizations, from Pearson Airport to Metrolinx to Ford and GE. And what they've been helping us through is understanding the different stages of recovery. So we've had a, a complete shuttering of everything that's non-essential. We're slightly reopening now, but we still don't have a vaccine. And then there's going to be the period where we have more businesses uh, opening without a vaccine. So they're helping us understand the protocols that they put in place for their operations to comply with government guidelines But what's also very helpful, organizations like Ford and GE operate in markets like Asia that were further ahead on the curve in this pandemic. So they're able to bring lessons learned from their reopening in those markets that they can bring to bear as we're developing toolkits for businesses of all shapes and sizes to get ready. Okay, so your track two uh, talks about uh, the further stages, I guess, probably somewhat parallel to what uh, our, our government is telling us in Ontario. Of they have three stages that they've uh, illuminated. You talk about reopening as distinct from recovery. 
Can we can we get a bit of a, a definition in terms from you? Sure. Reopening is where we are right now and where we'll continue to be uh, in the absence of a vaccine. It's uh, reopening in a position where we're going to have to continue to follow protocols around uh, physical distancing, um, not having as many people in shops, doing as much as possible by digital means, which means we won't be at full productivity. Uh, what our members are saying or, and reflecting on is until we have a vaccine in place and mass uh, testing available, it's going to be very difficult to think through full recovery. So reopening is simply where we are right now. It's learning to operate in this new normal as consumers and as businesses. And recovery is uh, kind of vaccine, post-vaccine. And, and I've got to say to you, and I don't mean this in any kind of a negative way, either about what your plan says or about what I think, um, that, that vaccine word comes up an awful lot in my own speech on the radio, but I think in, in the speech of everybody who speaks as if it is a given and that it's going to be there and it'll be there at some point probably in the, available in the first quarter of next year. That's not guaranteed. We have to remember that. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And that's being discussed at that work track one. You know, there are some that say we may never have a vaccine. So it's all about how do we think about the conditions and the circumstances to enable us to reopen. Just the ability um, to be able to do more with technology, to be able to uh, increase uh, testing, to be able to do more tracking and tracing on a basis that's socially acceptable from a privacy perspective will go a long way for helping us to understand um, who's going to have some exposure and, and therefore would potentially need to quarantine for a period of time versus uh, the mass public who may not have had the same exposure. So there's a number of things that need to be thought through. It's such a complicated, complex situation, but we need both. We need safety uh, for, for the public. We also need the ability for the economy to be operating as much as possible. There's so many jobs that are at stake, so many businesses that really need that, and all of our country um, has to operate on, on that basis. Well, there's a lot of imagination involved in this because we can't just go back to the desk we sat at before or the sales <laughs> counter that we occupied waiting for the lineup to form so we can sell, you know, we got to move them refrigerators, we got to move them color yeah. TVs, the song used to say. It's not going to work that way. So we're talking about retrofit and redesign and we're talking about um, reimagining the way our economy works. And you've got people working on that. Well, we were very much in, uh, intentionally use the term reimagining because our members are saying it's not about trying to get back to what was. It's about getting to where we need to be in the future. So the steering cabinet that's driving this work that we're doing, uh, we've got three major players from the innovation economy sitting on that cabinet. We've got Ian Cogman from Communitech, um, Young Wu from Mars, and then we've got got Mike Serbinas, a very successful innovator and entrepreneur who runs a business called League. At each of the six work tracks, we've got the innovation economy sitting alongside what we call our incumbent uh, businesses so that we're looking for every opportunity we can to apply technology and innovation to help us through recovery. So a lot of new digital readiness as well as new readiness to uh, explore the potential for markets we may not have tapped previously. Exactly. Well, we've got, there's a number of examples um, of companies that have pivoted into PPE manufacturing. And uh, we've got very strong advanced manufacturing in this 
uh, economic zone we're part of, the Toronto Waterloo Corridor. The thought is if we can bring advanced technologies to the manufacture of PPE, not only could we have the potential to supply the country's needs, we do have the potential to become a global centre of production for this gear, which lends itself very nicely uh, to export. So Track 6 is very much looking at getting back to trade. The other thing that we're focused on in terms of getting back to trade is to take a look at our interprovincial trade barriers. We really believe now is the time for us to say we've got a small population base. We should have an open market for all of our businesses so we can support each other across the country, both from a jobs and from an economic activity perspective. So that's uh, sitting in the mix as well as something we want to get our arms around. Well, we've all of us got our work cut out for us uh, for some time to come, and I'm glad you're there, Jan De Silva. Well, and I just, before before we uh, drop off, I did want to say, Peter, this has been an incredible time, not just because of the complexity of the challenge, but just it's been such a, a call for all hands on deck. We have been so appreciative of all the businesses of all shapes and sizes that in the midst of all of this have come to the table, are working with us for the greater uh, good of the community and our workforces. So, again, very um, challenging time, but also a very inspiring time just because everyone, as I said, all hands on deck. We've got to work through this together. Undoubtedly, we'll be talking again. Thanks so much for coming on this morning. Thanks, Peter. All right, Jan De Silva, she's president and CEO of the Toronto Region Board of Trade.